0: sleeper, you go your own way, thinking pleasure is freedom, but covered in chains, away goes sleeper, from dust you were made, this life is a vapor, and it quickly fades, Awake, O oh sleeper. You try to live right, but darkness prevails, overcomes all your might. Awake, O oh sleeper. Before all is lost, trust not in yourself, but blood on a cross. Awake, O sleeper, and turn to the One who loved so amazing, surrendered His Son. Awake, O sleeper, in the valley of bones, rescued from sin, no longer alone. amen good morning how are we doing decided church 10 o'clock service you guys look awake you are awake we are going to end this year with our theme a waco sleeper rise up warrior we began in january with four weeks i'm glad eddie's excited um we began this year with four weeks unpacking this phrase a Waco sleeper and you guys clearly got that down this is an alive and alert and enthusiastic service I love the 10 o'clock so we're gonna spend this December much like we did in January and we're gonna unpack this phrase rise up warrior do I have any warriors in the house today you excited to be in church excited that God called you out and saved you and changed your life I am. That's what we're here for. That's what we have gathered for. And we're going to end this year strong. Um, I thought we'd spend a few minutes deciding which one lost team is going to get in the college football playoff. Um, Probably, this is not an indication that I believe Alabama deserves to be in that spot. I just wore red because I want to wiener punch the devil this morning. But. If I had, I mean, Clemson's out. There's no option there. So half of the church uh, just woke up and started paying attention. That's good. Um, I think Chris, I think Chris Cervantes is on to it. I, I do think Texas probably believes that they should be the one, and I would probably cast my vote for the Longhorns. I am not a fan, but I think that they deserve to be in because they beat Alabama, and Alabama beat Georgia, and that's just how it goes. But... Um, while you guys are all trying to figure that out and, and um, decide on which one lost team is going to squeak into the playoffs, uh, we've got some work to do in the Word of God this morning, and I'm excited about it. I just woke up and felt like we ought to put the devil on the run. I'm not even joking about that. Our theme verse this year says this, it was Ephesians 5.14, if you want to write it down, copy it down, Ephesians 5.14, our theme verse for Decided Church this year, and it goes like this, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you, Ephesians 5.14. I want to preach this morning on the biggest believable lie ever told. The biggest believable lie ever told, and I can do it with one picture. We're recapping our theme this year, and we're talking about Rise Up, Warrior. In order for the warrior to rise up, I want you to think about a soldier. I want you to put yourself in a warrior's shoes this morning and think about what would motivate him to go to war. What would motivate a soldier to willfully sign up for battle? Number one, he must have found his passion and his purpose. But in order for a soldier to find both passion and purpose, a soldier's got to know his identity because both of those things come from his identity. Your identity as a child of God is the foundation on which you will either crumble or stand. And here's how you find your identity. Who do you believe you are right now? As you sit this morning, whatever kind of weekend you had, whatever kind of plans you had, whatever kind of job that you worked, who do you believe you are? Why do you believe you're here today on planet Earth? Why hasn't God called your number? What did God design you for? Given your current trajectory, would you say you're on the path of victory or defeat? Are you a warrior? So this, this biggest believable lie I ever told, I, I brought the picture with me. We can, we can do this whole sermon with one picture. You down? You down for that? Here's the picture. I just want you to take it in for a minute. What you believe, first of all, there's a couple of theological problems here. This is a very Caucasian Jesus, which um, that's red flag number one, because Jesus was not white. We can matter of factly say that. So that's problem number one. But there's a couple of problems here, that one being the first. But what you believe about this picture shows How you carry yourself shows what you believe about this picture. How you talk shows what you believe about this picture. How you behave, how you act, the convictions you have, the stands that you take, all of that shows what you believe about this picture because here's the deal. The biggest believable lie ever told is that Jesus and the devil are duking it out in some cosmic struggle for power. That good and evil are somehow on the balance beam and they're each grappling to offset one another. That somehow the way you live is going to either tip the scales in favor of good or tip the scales in favor of evil because you just really messed up this weekend. And somehow the the way we live is somehow either tilting the hand in the devil's favor or tilting the hand back in Jesus's favor. And Romans 8, our one singular passage today, blows that up into a billion pieces. So I want you to stay with me. We're going to read Romans 8, starting in verse 31. Just one passage today. We're not going to be all over the Bible This one passage just seals the deal for us. You stand with me. You can read along on the screen or in your copy of God's word. Paul says this, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. And then this all-famous question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or Or persecution sounds like our week or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all the day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered no Paul says in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers and that's more than just Jeremy and Emily this morning nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. God impress upon our hearts to end this year with chins held high, ready to warrior for you. That we would realize our placement, our standing, our identity this morning is found within Christ. That we win we win and I know several here have gotten bad news this week several have loved ones that aren't with them during the holidays several have jobs that are lost or in jeopardy and we're just all over the place God and sometimes we just need our hearts to be reminded that no matter what our day-to-day says you say we win we win In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Romans 8, our passage today, if you were picking up on it, Paul asks three rhetorical questions in this passage that proved to me, they convinced me, and you can't tell me otherwise, they convinced me that that picture that we looked at is absolutely false. The first question was, who can be against me? The second question Paul asks Morgan is, who can condemn me? And the last question that Paul asks in the passage is, who can separate me? There you go. And the answer to all three, we know it cognitively up here, we could answer it. No, nobody. Nobody can separate us. Nobody can condemn us. Nobody can be against us. But somehow it gets twisted. It doesn't filter out in the way we live. We live like, well, everything's against us. We live like everybody condemns us. We live like everything's separating us. So how do we bring heaven a little closer? How do we bring that warrior mentality of, I already won? This battle is already over. How do we do that? How do we live it out? So three questions, three points today. Number one, who can be against me? Paul says it in verse thirty one What shall we say to these things? And just to back it up, just to put it in reverse, Terry, just for a little bit, what happened in man i 'm old. I just dated myself i 'm sorry. Just to show you what happened in Romans eight is paul 's describing a scenario very much like what we 're going through. he He's talking about in chapter 8, like, man, in this earthly body, in, in this earthly existence, we are groaning, we are longing, we have not fully realized all that is to be ours. And so we know it, we know we're headed for somewhere beautiful and perfect in communion with Jesus, but it sure doesn't feel like it down here. And that's what Paul's describing. He's saying, listen. If you think you're alone, even creation itself, nature groans for redemption. This earth around us is crying out to be reconciled back to God. In light of that, Paul says, man, what are we going to say about all these things? Everything's against us. Everything around us is, is just pressing in on us from every side. But if God is for us, who can be against us? The lie here." The narrative of the devil that he's been whispering to you, soldier, is fear. The lie is fear. He's saying you're outnumbered. Who can be against you? Everybody, you're already outnumbered. Who can be against you? Well, you're clearly in the minority. Look around at your nation. Look around at our world. Look around at the politics. Look around at the economy. Of course you're in the minority. Nobody wants to hear from Christians. You guys need to shut up. You're not welcome. Your viewpoints are canceled and so this world is pressing in on us in all those circumstances remember last week circumstances tell us one thing but Paul is here reminding us of an eternal reality that is far more real than what we're living on Monday through Friday and Paul is saying if God is for you ain't nobody can be against you and he says I proved it to you because of Jesus like the the reason you're celebrating the reason that we tried so hard to light this candle alan did his best i mean it's just like poor guy one thing after another we'll get the candle lit don't worry but the whole reason we're celebrating this advent season is because jesus came and and it sounds so beautiful like we do a little town of bethlehem and we do silent night holy night and and all of it's wonderful it's it's a beautiful way to celebrate gift giving and and the whole holiday season but do you understand the battle lines that were drawn when jesus came the passage that alan read so beautifully was that the boots are going to trample down the enemy that the garments are blood stained so when jesus was born in that manger in bethlehem 2000 years ago it made the devil scared he understood a prophecy way back in genesis 3 where god told him something like this would happen only he forgot god told him something like hey you might bruise my heel but there's coming a day well i will crush your head another way to say that that brandon kerr uh paraphrased and i love it and i use it so i'm going to give him credit is god made satan the enemy in a battle he already won think about what Christmas really means is it's, it is blood dipped. Christmas is the battle lines are drawn. God made Satan, the enemy and a battle he had already won. He had already decided how it was going to end. He had already decided we win. And so of all the enemies that he could have picked, by the way, we were one, we were the enemies of God. The Bible says we were the rebels. He said, no, I'm not going to pick humanity. I love them so much. I'm going to redeem them. In fact, I'm going to use Satan. He's going to be the antagonist in this story. He's going to be the one that suffers. He's going to be the one that I lock up and chain up and throw into hell forever. Who can be against me? Well, if God's for me, who can be against me? Nobody that matters. No, not a single person that matters, and it was proved through Jesus, his son. And when God looks down on you, I want you to understand this, warrior. I want you to understand this, believer. When God looks down on you this morning, I don't care what week you had, he sees Jesus. When God looks down on the mistakes you made, he sees Jesus. In fact, the second question goes like this. Who can condemn you? Who can condemn who can be against me? No one that poses a threat. Who can condemn me? Let's look at the next verse. It says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Well, if we listen to the lie, if we, if we, if we buy into this biggest believable lie ever told and we allow Satan to whisper to us, he's gonna. the lie is failure. Not a single one of us here have not felt like a failure in our lives. And I don't care how much, Christian, you just strutted through these doors this morning, there's not a single one of us that doesn't feel like a failure in our spiritual walk from time to time as well. We all go through ebbs and flows and seasons where we feel like a failure. And so the biggest believable lie is your past condemns you. You're disqualified. Man, if people really knew all the stuff you did, Crosley, they would not even let you in here. You better keep your mouth shut. You better not speak up. You better not take that stand. You better not post your testimony. You better not just hush up, quiet up, because you're, it's, you're a hypocrite, man. People are going to see right through that Christian stuff you're big on right now. Your past disqualifies you. You are condemned but what does god say although this world is pressing in on us and seeks to condemn us for every wrong thing we do every misstep i mean they're digging up stuff just to be soapbox for a minute who can survive in this social media age think about what they do to the politicians i mean they go way back 10 15 years ago and bring up one phrase that was spoken and cancel and tie you. Can, your life can be ruined based upon a few words you said when you were like eight. So, yeah, we're all condemned. We're all just a hot pile of garbage this morning. <laughs> you came in for encouragement, didn't you, Matt? <laughs> this world condemns you. But I want to give you, let's get to the good news. Let's get to the good news. <laughs> Who can bring any charge against God's elected? It's God who justifies who is to condemn. Let me tell you something that happened in real time because of Jesus Christ. When we are brought into the courtroom of our eternal destiny and our sins were stacked up against us and and the, and the old devil came up and just piled it all on, you gotta understand what God is saying here is that Jesus Christ is your attorney. Jesus Christ is the attorney who said, No, 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 no. I understand what happened. I understand the sins that are stacked up. I understand the condemnation. But I stepped in and took his place. So when God who is judge, when he drops that gavel, the final verdict is verse 33. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn. It is God who justifies. Hey. That didn't hit you yet, like I know it's supposed to. It is God who justifies. Does it really matter what anybody else says? Does it matter what your relatives say about you behind closed doors? Does it really matter what your ex thinks about your parents' skills? Does it really matter? the mistakes you make even as a parent that you're willing to admit? Does it really matter how you did misspeak to your wife or you did maybe operate in a way that was a little bit less than honest? Does it matter so much? I mean, I'm not saying throw it all up in the wind, but what I'm saying is when it comes to your past and your sins condemning you, it is God who justifies. So the answer to the question, the truth is, who can condemn me? No one that matters. Number one, who can be against me? No one that poses a threat. Who can condemn me? No one that matters. Number three, who can separate me? I'll just go ahead and give you the truth up front. No one that tries. Who can separate me from the love of Jesus? No one that tries. And Paul went out and listed all of them out here. He says, he he really gives two lists. One physical and another one spiritual. Because each one of us battle with one or the other of those things and so paul's first list is real physical things that these believers were going through he says listen some of y'all going through tribulation right now distress right now persecution famine nakedness danger sword don't forget the times they were living in this wasn't just ideology paul's saying we're living in this because i used to be one of them he used to be the one going into churches and ripping out christians and cutting their head off ironically, to gain favor with God. Come on. So this was an ideology. These, these believers in living in this Roman oppression, they were and even religious oppression. The religious system was stacked against them. Sounds familiar. And it says all of these physical ailments all of these physical persecutions anything that could happen to your body anything that could happen to your family or your possessions any type of economic downturn any type of not being able to provide all of that you you could anything could happen to you but i'm telling you based upon what god's word says you are not separated from the love of god in christ You can't. So the lie here that the enemy whispers, the biggest believable lie, you're falling away. That's right. You're falling away. God's mad at you. You, man, shh, you are one mistake from absolutely blowing it. Man, I felt like that. And the narrative is that, man, God's mad at you. And if you, if you mess up one more time, God's kicking you out. You've lost your spot in heaven, man, you you better toe the line as a Christian. Otherwise, it's not looking so good. You're you're tilting the arm of the devil and, and he's gaining ground because God's mad at you because you're not really helping him out. And the fear is the lie is that you're falling away. And Christ comes in and he says, no matter what happens to your body, no matter what happens to your soul, you will not be able to separate yourself. And no one that tries will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. So Paul's second list is spiritual. He says, man, even death itself, life, angels, rulers, things present, things to come, Powers, demonic forces, anything will not be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 says, The conclusion of the matter, according to the courtroom of God, is that we are more than conquerors. Before we go, go back to verse 37, mark it, underline it in your Bibles today. Some of you need reminded of this truth in your life. No in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us we're fighting a battle that he has already scripted out and he's already won the victory so we know how this story ends we gotta pick up our chin pick your chin up soldier if you're battling fear this morning because you think the world is against you. If you're battling failure this morning, because you think you're condemned, if you're battling falling away this morning, because you think you could be separated, I want to give you encouragement. It's not that you're weak. You're a target. You're a target. If you're battling fear, it's not because you're really weak in that area. It's because the devil is coming after you as a target. If you're battling failure this morning, because you think you're going to fall away, you're not weak. You're actually a target and our defeated enemy has squirmed into our ears and is whispering lies that don't matter. They're not true because we won. Because we won. The enemy wants you to agree with defeat while God wants you to agree with victory. You just need a mindset change this morning. That's what we're after this morning, a mindset change. So many of us loaf around thinking, man, if we open our mouths, if I take a stand, if I post the verse, if I share my testimony, if I live boldly, man, what if I do it? What if I do the thing and it doesn't work out? I want to challenge you to shift that mindset. I want to challenge you to quiet that voice and ask this question, but what if it does? What if it does work out? What if radical hospitality does work? What if the bold prayer does work? What if the dream God put on my heart does come into reality? What if stepping up to serve does bring me community? What if God does show up? What if my generosity really does make a difference? What if my next step really does change everything? What if God is really who he says he is? I want to look at this picture one more time of Jesus and the devil And just drive home this point that Jesus and Satan this morning, they are not hand in hand. They are not fighting for some cosmic authority. Jesus's nail scarred foot has crushed the serpent's head. And he is right now, right now, Jesus is still victorious over your enemies this morning. We have lived intimidated over a serpent that's already been broken down and crushed. And so I came to say, I'm done living scared of an enemy that's already been defeated. I'm I'm done. Time is up. I ain't living scared no more, especially when I know my enemy has already been crushed and defeated. There is no epic battle. Hear me this morning. There's no epic battle between light and darkness. Light always trumps the darkness. You are that light. John chapter 1 and verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Will not, cannot, will never. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 says, for at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light so if you put those two verses together brother and sister I would go something like this walk like the winner that you are warrior like the winner that you are darkness has been defeated by light and you are a warrior of light it's time to rise up it's time to rise up warrior rise up let's pray With every head bowed, every eye closed, I came to encourage you. I came to put fire under your seat this morning. I put to put fire in your gut this morning. I came to remind you of the truth that is far more real than any earthly circumstance you are facing, any diagnosis you are facing, any broken marriage that you are facing, any sin that you are facing, any temptation that seems to overwhelm you, anything that tries to separate you, I came to tell you a far more true statement. You win. You win. You win today you win tomorrow you win the day after that and every single moment is an opportunity to wake up and to rise up boldly and confidently into the identity of who god calls you son or daughter with every head bowed and every eye closed i'm going to ask you to respond to this invitation Because some of us have believed the lie. We've we've chosen to buy into this narrative. Who can be against us? Man, everything's against me, Pastor. Who can condemn me? Man, if you knew the things I've done, you wouldn't ask me to step up and serve or lead. Who can separate me? Everything separated me. I feel so far from god today and it's okay we're family you can be honest if you feel far from god today admit it cry out to him but i want to encourage you by saying it's just not true you may feel it but you can't fall away god is as close to you as he's ever been god is as close to you as he is to his very own nature Because if God sees you in Jesus Christ, and Jesus is God, then God cannot be separated from God. So you win, you are victorious. Now is our time to rise up. I'm gonna ask you during this last song to make a move. Solidify this by putting action to your faith I would ask that you get up. Go pray with somebody in the back. Come forward and kneel at the altar. This is a move of God today. Miracles are still happening. He's still moving. He's still in the life-changing business. And he's asking for today in Irmo, South Carolina, at Decided Church, if he has any warriors that are willing to rise up and partner with him. God, I pray that you would do your work. In your son's name we pray.